Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sun Guy Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Sun Guy, along with the coach with the most, coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite part of a fence is a post. Coach Mike Jones. Real quick before we jump into things with our guest today, some show notes. If you're looking for some professional wrestling, tonight, WCWO in Indianapolis, Indiana. Coach, what's the address there? 1151 South Kentucky Avenue in, Indi- in Kentucky. Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Yes, they are on Kentucky Avenue, so you were right there. Also tonight, FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. Tomorrow night, Russell Club in Garden City, Idaho. You can find me there. Two big shows in Garden City tomorrow for Russell Club. So find me there. There is pro wrestling happening in Moses Lake, Washington. Tomorrow, WPW in Danville, Indiana. UCW in Salina, Tennessee. MWW in Canyonville, Oregon. BPW in Owensboro, Kentucky, SWA in Westville, New Jersey, and BCW in Ogden, Utah tomorrow night. Get out there and support your local independents. But I want to welcome our guest to the show today. He is one of the fast-rising stars out of the Midwest. He is unbreakable Chet Ripley. Sir, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Since it is your first time with us, I will give you the first-timer question to start off this thing. How did you get into the world of professional wrestling? Well, I went to some show in Columbus, Indiana called Emerge, and I just started bugging them about it, and then they sent me to Eric Draven. Now, uh, Emerge in Columbus, Indiana, a company that's doing uh, very well. You went on, of course, to wrestle for Emerge. When you went to that first Emerge show there in Columbus, what was it that kind of struck you that wrestling was something that you wanted to do personally? Well, I've always wanted to do it. It was just I didn't know how until I just started bugging them. So, Very, very nice. Now, your trainer, Eric Draven, is someone that has trained a lot of really good young up-and-coming wrestlers. There's a lot of great talent for Supreme Wrestling right now. Uh, There's a mix of veterans and young talent, but Draven has come out with a lot of really good wrestlers in the last few years. As someone that's been wrestling for a while now and kind of see who is trained by who and what training is like different places. How would you rate Eric Draven as a trainer? Uh, he is a master at basics in psychology. Are you there? Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, he is a master of the basics in psychology. I wouldn't He's training you. Did you have a harder time picking up the psychology aspect of pro wrestling, or were you having more trouble with the physical aspect of pro wrestling, or was it kind of uh, fitting the two together? Really, it was the psychology of it and where to play stuff at. That's what, cause all I've ever done in my life is wrestle, so I've got amateur background, so it was just, I was picking up everything real quick physical side of it. Uh, One of the things you're known for in wrestling is you have a skull that you talk to 
and get advice from during the course of your matches. Where did the skull come from, and what exactly does it tell you as you're wrestling in a match? Well, the skull... I don't really know where it came from. I just started talking to a skull in the back, and I just incorporated it in my style. But it it tells me what to do in a match and what I need to do next and all that stuff. So he was just hanging out backstage, and you struck up a conversation, and you went to the ring with him. Yep. Very nice. We have a wrestler in the Pacific Northwest in Oregon named Darkness. He also has a skull that talks to him and guides him in his career. Has your skull and Darkness's skull ever crossed paths, or they may be related somehow? No, we have not crossed paths. I would love to, though. I would love to see the unbreakable one in Darkness and a tag team with the two skulls co-managing. I think that would be great. That would be awesome. Absolutely it would. Like I said, you're kind of a rising star in the Midwest, and you've gotten out of the home base at Supreme Wrestling. You've gone to a lot of places all over the map now the last couple of years. What's been the longest trip that you've made so far for wrestling? Supremo's in Colorado. Ah, that would be, yeah, that would be a a long trip for you. Uh, Joe Vernola, I believe, uh, was helping run that promotion, if I recall right. The provider, yep. You are correct about that. Now, the Denver scene is, in a lot of ways, sort of a sleeper in pro wrestling. There's a lot of fantastic talent in Denver, a lot of great talent. They also have a connection to some of the larger independents, and they get uh, help with some of the not only the wrestlers, but a lot of the agents and so forth come in through Denver to help out. And they're a pretty thriving scene with several good promotions in and around Denver. What did you think of the show in Denver, and how would you compare it to the shows in the Midwest? Oh, the the show in Denver was amazing. The fans was into everything we was doing. And then in the Midwest, it's hit or miss shows. And I feel like Denver has a stronger fan base, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that, sure. Now, you also have become known for what your name implies, being unbreakable. You've been in some very brutal matches. Uh, there's been some death matches happening in your career, chain matches, lots of blood loss. What would you say has been the hardest match for you physically, whether it was like a stipulation match or just a match that your opponent was really brutal in it? Uh, Two weeks ago, I wrestled Necro Butcher. I say that was pretty brutal. His punches are no joke. That is, from what I have heard, very accurate. A Necro Butcher, of course, one of the pioneers in deathmatch wrestling. He is who a lot of people will think of when you mention deathmatch wrestling. Was Necro Butcher the type of wrestler that you like to watch before you got into the business, or was this a style that you picked up after having gotten into the business? Well, my favorite wrestler of all time is Sabu and Mick Foley, so... It kind of goes hand-in-hand with Necro, so. Now, have you had the opportunity to share a locker room or a ring with Sabu yet? I have not, unfortunately. Are you still out there? There's still time to get it done. Yep, that's my my dream match I want. Now, when someone does deathmatch wrestling, oftentimes 
they get labeled as a deathmatch wrestler and people will sort of brush off that person as being able to do any other style and they kind of put them in that niche wrestling bubble with other deathmatch wrestlers and kind of see them as that only. You, like you say, you have an amateur background. You can wrestle any style pretty much from what I've seen. Are you ever afraid of getting that labeled deathmatch wrestler and not being able to shake it and being exclusive to deathmatches? If it happens, that's perfect with me. But I, I, I try to be a hybrid wrestler, if that makes sense. I, I like to do a little bit of everything. So if I got labeled as a deathmatch wrestler, I guess that's what I'll do. It's what the fans want. Whatever the fans want me to do. Gotcha. Here in 2022, one of the hot-button topics in wrestling has been the use of blood in our sport uh, as we learn more about bloodborne pathogens and communicable diseases. A lot of people think that having blood in wrestling is kind of past its usefulness. A lot of people will use it very sparingly. Some matches, you see buckets of blood spilled. It's sort of a individual preference in a lot of ways. Where do you stand on blood as it relates to pro wrestling here in 2022? If it's uh, if the story needs it, then it's perfectly acceptable to me. But if in a death match, it's going to happen. So, but in a regular match, if the story needs blood, then I'm happy for it. Now, what would you say has been the bloodiest match so far that you had? Oh, it was a AWR it was my first death match. It was myself versus Asian Blackheart and Remington Roar. Now, obviously, uh, when you lose blood in a wrestling match, it can become problematic. Uh, you get weaker. It's hard to see because it gets in your eyes. Uh, hard to breathe because it gets in your nose and your mouth. Did you ever have a problem once blood was introduced in a match as far as being able to work through it. I think Burns dies. That's the only problem I got. Uh, I can always work through that. Yeah, I I definitely believe that. I was someone that is out there wrestling a hybrid style like yourself and as someone that is still fairly new to the business, one of the factors that's going to be important to you is cardiovascular training because you have to be able to go out there and last 15, 20, 30 minutes in a match. What do you do to maintain cardiovascular condition? Well, I train twice a week, and then I'm on the treadmill at least once a day. Or do you do long distances at a slower pace, or do you do shorter distances at a quicker pace? I put the incline all the way up, and I just go until I can't no more. So I'm at long range pretty much. Well, you were really right at home in Colorado then. Yeah, yeah. Another important factor is a wrestler's diet, and I've seen a lot of different diets incorporated in my day. I'm sure you have as well. What is your current diet like these days in order to maintain ring shape? Well, I haven't been blessed with a good metabolism, so I just eat whatever. Don't ever gain much, well, or I don't gain weight. Good. good if you can have that for sure. Now, have you ever seen a diet that someone was using that seemed extremely strange 
for you, but it seemed to work for the wrestler using it? Uh, keto. I don't understand oh, keto, but it works for some people, so. That it does. In the era that we are in, the exception to the rule in wrestling seems to be someone with no tattoos. Most wrestlers have several tattoos or at least a couple of tattoos. It seems like a lot of them will incorporate tattoos into merchandising so they can merchandise off their tattoos and be able to use that. Who would you say has the best tattoo in the wrestling business right now from what you have seen? Ooh, uh, there's a lot of them. Uh, man, I got to go with uh, Alistair Black. All right. Yeah, he, he definitely has a few tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know you've been around for a few places, and we talked about going to Denver. Is there anywhere in the United States that you've not gone to yet that you would most want to travel to to wrestle? Uh, New York City. Ah. Now, have you ever been in talks with a promotion running New York City, or is that still something down the road for you? That's something down the road for me. On a similar note, is there anywhere internationally that you would most want to go, like a different country where you've not been to wrestle? Oh, Japan for sure. How long do you think you would be in country before you hit the Ribera Steakhouse to get a jacket? I couldn't hear that question. How long do you think you would be in the country before you went to Ribera's Steakhouse to get the jacket? Oh, I don't even know, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at this point, my host, Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most, is with us. He has questions as well, so I'm going to pass you right over to Coach. Hey, brother, how you doing? I'm good. How about you, buddy? I'm good. Thank you for coming on. It's an honor and a privilege to have you. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. So, hey, who were some of your heroes growing up, whether it was wrestling, sports, or ordinary life? Uh, when I was a little kid, I loved Ultimate Warrior. And then in, in my teens, it was more of Sabu. Okay. And then... uh uh, what are some of the most memorable matches you've seen or been involved with? Oh, uh, man, there's a lot. Uh, I think the most we got memorable one was <laughs> uh, the Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair. That was storytelling. Amazing. Uh, Sabu versus Taz, any of those. Uh, let's yes, see. definitely. The total elimination uh, tag team uh, against the Dugley boys. That was a good match. Then uh, I think my most memorable match would be Terry Funk and Sabu and the Bob Wire Massacre match. Right on, yeah. Nice. And back in the day, in the 90s, I had a satellite TV where I was able to get uh, Fox Sports Southeast, and I got a huge library of ECW house shows. Man, it was, I loved watching those with Sabu and Rob Van Dam were my favorite back then. But, of course, the whole crew was just amazing. Yes, yes, they was. And then so what other different characters have you done besides the one you do now? Oh, I did this charming thing that I didn't like it, but that, that's what my first gimmick was. And then I busted my head open, and that's where the Unbreakable came from. Okay, right on. And are you aware that Sign Guy 
made a dent in the concrete with his head. No, I did not realize that. Would Ask you like Ricky Ruckus and Donnie Idol when you go to Emerge. They'll show you the dip. Okay. I'll, I'll be there August 6th, so I'll make sure I'll ask them about that. Crazy firemen threw him out of the Battle Royal over their head, unlike I've ever seen before. And, of course, it was almost a fatal fatal deal. And now Sign Guy's forever scared of firemen. Oh. Well, I'm at a firehouse right now about to wrestle tonight, so you want okay. me to kick their butt for you? I'm sure Come it on. is. <laughs> okay, and then I'm sure another thing Sign Guy would like to know, what your favorite coffee to drink is. My favorite coffee? Oh, uh, yes. I like the cookie crumble from uh, Starbucks. Okay, right on. And then... Uh, so did you play sports in high school or growing up? I did uh, ball for a minute, and then I quit and just wrestled the rest of my time in high school. And then uh, what's your self-defense background? Oh, just the amateur, back, uh, amateur wrestling is all I got. Okay. And then do you have any suggestions for people wanting to get into the business? Find a good trainer and train. And then do you have any schools you'd like to suggest? Uh, Supreme Wrestling in Madison, Indiana. The Monster Factory is amazing in New Jersey. Uh, okay. Probably the Nightmare Factory is a good one down in North Carolina or Atlanta area. That's all, all I right. really know about. Okay. And then uh, so who are some of your toughest opponents? My toughest opponents? Uh yeah, Neckle Butcher, Aiden Blackheart, and Remington Roar. They're all ranked up there. All right. And then uh, what do you got coming up? Uh, August 6th, I'll be at Merge in Columbus, Indiana. I, I would have to look at my schedule. I can look real quick if you got time. Yeah, that's fine. Yes, we de- yeah, we got at least forty five uh, about 40 minutes left. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, hold on one second. I'll look for you. Sure. Folks, would you like to hunt a theme song while we wait? So I got a show in uh, Jeffersonville, Indiana coming up. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It would be against Aiden Blackheart in an ODQ match, so that'll always fun. Okay, any more? Well, I got uh, shows in Madison. I'm booked there if I'm not anywhere else, so i got a lot of shows coming up in Madison right now. Right every on, week, and then uh, how, do, how do people get a hold of you? Oh, on my Facebook, it's Unbreakable Chet Ripley. And any TV's other in uh, any other forms of social media? That's uh, Chet Ripley on all of them, on Twitter, Instagram, but mostly on Facebook. So. All right, and then let me see, what's some of the places that you've worked? Well, I've worked down in the uh, IWA Deep South once. Then I worked down in Atlanta for. Uh, Stranglehold Championship Wrestling at a MomoCon. That was that was cool. And then uh, Primo's. Pretty much every company in Indiana I've worked for. Right on. Have you been to Heroes and Legends? Yes, I have. Three times. All right. Sweet. Yes, I've been there twice and once with Sign Guy. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Those are always fun. Yeah, Tracy Smullers actually got me up there. All right, cool. Yes, we sure miss him. What a legend. Yes, that was my wrestling dad. Do you have any Tracy Smullers uh, stories? Well, how PG are we here? But for Tracy, we'll love the auntie. Go for it. Okay, well, I picked him up, and we was driving down to Nashville for a show. 
and he was smoking all the way down there. And we get in the locker room, and he was just like, Chet, when's the last time I saw you? So I, I went with it. I was like, oh, it's done about a, a month ago or so. And then he was like, I don't even know how I'm getting home. It was just so funny. <laughs> and, Wow. Every time he got uh, started, started talking about JBL and fighting JBL, his teeth would pop out, and it was, it was just funny. And then who were some of your favorite people to work? Oh, uh, Trace Smothers is up there. Oh, man. A lot of good talent around right now. Right on. Yeah, I've been wrestling uh, Aiden Blackheart and Raymond and Roar all over the country, so I guess they got to be up there, too. Yeah, what an honor. All right, well, I'm sure Sign Guy has some more questions for you. We really appreciate you coming on and all that you do for wrestling. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Coach. Well, Chet, like we said, Tracy was somebody that was a big help to countless people in this industry. Uh, he left a really big legacy when he left us and a lot of people usually fans but even sometimes people in the business don't realize how far reaching Tracy's help went and I know uh, you got to work with him quite a bit how instrumental uh, was he somebody was in making you the wrestler you are now Hold on one second. Someone wants to say hi to you, son guy. Okay. Chicken! Chicken! What's up, buddy? How you doing, brother? All right, you doing all right? You doing great, doing great. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. How's Chicken Bob? Chicken Bob is doing great. He's on his uh, way tomorrow. We'll be in Idaho. I don't know. Nice. Yep, we got a show, a couple of shows in Idaho tomorrow. Chicken Bob, you know how he loves to travel. Yeah. Hey, let me get over here. I'm like the match out, so I'm going to get dressed. All right. Thank you, Cooter. We all love you. <laughs> I love you too, bro. Hey, I'm back. Sorry. Okay. Also, you can ask Cooter about what I did at the floor. He knows better than anybody. All right, I'll ask him to. <laughs> All right, but don't traumatize him. He, he's a little bit traumatized when that happens. He's into the conversation. And, um, yeah, my question was, how instrumental was Tracy Smothers in making you the wrestler you are today? Oh, very. Like, if it wasn't for Tracy Smothers, we probably wouldn't be talking right now. I'd probably still be in Madison, Indiana. Now, just as one example of someone that Tracy helped a lot, uh, his daughter, Jessie Bell, one of the Smothers Twisted Daughters, has gone on to national TV with WOW, and she's doing very well. Jessie Bell trying to live up to her pops' legacy and help people and just carry on a smother's name there. Have you worked a lot with Jesse Bell? Uh, I met her once. I think it was at, uh, yeah, it was at Heroes and Legends. So that's the only time I ever got to meet her. Well, I recommend meeting her more often. She's fantastic. Now, being a deathmatch wrestler, there is someone else that was a Smothers Twisted Daughters, and that being uh, Mickey Knuckles. She, of course, uh, rode up and down the roads with Tracy Smothers as well. She was Isabella, uh, teaming with Jesse Bell. Yep. Have you come across Mickey Knuckles very often? Yeah, we uh, actually had a match uh, a few months ago at AWR. And pretty much every show I'm on now, she's there. So a lot of experience with Mickey. 
Now, personally, she hit me the second hardest I've ever been hit before in my life. How hard would you say she's hit you in there, like on a scale of one to ten? Oh, it was a definitely a nine. She don't play either. She does not. She does not. Now, as someone, like I said, is, is still fairly young in their career, you work on shows that have guys that have a lot of experience, people that have been around for 20, 30 years, guys that have been on national TV for years. What's some of the advice that some of the veteran guys that have been to the national companies have given you over the years? Mouth shut, ears open. Always a good one. Always a good one. <laughs> uh, your trainer, Eric Draven, is also somebody that has a lot of experience. He's been around for around 30 years. Uh, he may not have wrestled nationally, but he's wrestled all over the Midwest and the southeast part of the country. Very well respected. When you go to places that are new to you and you tell them that you trained with Eric Draven at Supreme Wrestling, do you find that a lot of people instantly know who your trainer is and that you were trained correctly, or does it uh, uh, take a little bit of research on their part to kind of make sure you're legit? The older guys, they know who he is, and they they respect him. And the younger guys, they got to look him up because he's stopped traveling in the last 10 years. So That makes perfect sense. Oh, if you are able to wrestle anyone that is still active today that whether they've been on television, whether they have only been in the business for a month or whatever, if you have that one dream opponent, who's going to be that dream opponent? Uh, definitely Sabu. That's that's my dream match. Now i got to put in Brian Danielson, too, as an active wrestler. Uh, Sabu was known for moonsaulting tables and throwing chairs and all that, but like yourself, he was sort of a hybrid where he could do different styles. He could do a straight-up wrestling match if he needed to. He could do a wild brawl. He could do a lot of high-flying stuff. What style of match do you think you and Sabu would have if you were to wrestle them, since both of you are sort of hybrid type of wrestlers. Oh, hold on, Sunday. Okay. Okay. Uh, one second. One second. Where at? One second. Okay. Sorry. That's all right. No, uh, what was the question? Uh, type of match I would want? Yeah, what type of match do you think the two of you would have? Well, crazy brawl all over the arena and tables and chairs. Just all over the arena. Now, Sabu, in the barbed wire match you reference, tore his arm down to the muscle when he got caught on the barbed wire and he wrapped that in electrical tape to hold it in place until after the match. I know you've had some crazy matches too. What's the wildest thing that you've had to do to put yourself back together so you could finish a match? I dislocated my elbow on a on a table. And then I uh, put it back in place during the match while it was going on. And I uh, I had to get six staples in my head, and I kept wrestling before. Like, it was a squirting everywhere. 
And when you dislocate your elbow and you've got to put that into place, are you like rolling to the floor to put it out? Are you putting somebody in the hole or trying to work back into the hole? How do you go about that? Well, I thought I broke it because it, it was an S, and I like showed the whole audience, and I just sat there right in front of them and fixed it, and I kept wrestling. That's fairly impressive. That's what everybody says. <laughs> I, I've done some stuff in my day as well, so I I get it. Uh, I also ripped off my toenail during a match once. I took a German suplex, and they told this was when I first started wrestling. They told me to sell it like Dolph Ziggler, and I folded it up like he does, and I hit the rope, tore my toenail completely off. And I kept wrestling I must that have match smarted. Too. Do what? That must have smarted. Yeah. Ow. It wasn't very pleasant. I, I took my boot off and I got done after that match. Before that. <laughs> yeah. The unbreakable is, uh, that's me. Now, as someone that has traveled around a bit, you know as well as we know that referees are very divergent on the independent scene. You see some really well-trained, really good referees that know what they're doing and can be very helpful. You see some guys that a promoter hands a shirt to who says, hey, you're the referee for the night, and they just hope for the best. Who are some of the better referees out there that you've worked with that you think needs more recognition? Oh, uh, uh, not very good with names. Uh, what's his name? I see his face. Rukon, Rukon Mike, or Mike Max. Rukon Mike Max. He's probably the best one. Max Rukon. Yep, Max Rukon. There you go. He's probably the best he one. He is very, very good thing. for sure. Now, have you been? In a match, you don't have to name names, but have you had a referee that just did not have a clue what he was doing, uh, was put in there without being properly taught anything and just kind of thrown into the situation? Oh, yeah, all the time. (laughs) All the time. Now, when you get in there and you... Realize that the referee doesn't have a clue. How much harder is it for you to get a good match? Is it, are you basically working against the referee, or are you trying to guide the referee to what needs to be due, or is it kind of different based on individuals? Well, if I know he's not been trained, I don't even I don't tell him to finish. I don't do nothing. I just I'm I just tell him to stay out of the way, and we'll get it figured out from there. One of the other important aspects of professional wrestling that may not get the appreciation is the ring announcer. A lot of fans look at the ring announcer as the face of the company. They get information on the next shows from them. They know who is who on the show that they're watching. They get the rules and stipulation matches. So it's a very important job within professional wrestling. A lot of promoters don't unfortunately see it as that, and they will just hand a microphone to anybody and say they're the ring announcer. A good promoter knows that ring announcers are often key. Who are some of the better ring announcers out there that you've worked with so far? Uh, the, the guy from Heroes and Legends, he's Ryan Anderson is really good. Uh, the ring announcer had emerged. She's really good. I, I just don't. I'm not sure if it's her name at all. Dolly St. Clair. Yep. There you go. Dolly oh, uh, St. Clair, of course, uh, trained by Hillbilly Jed and Darling Nikki, so she had good training there. Darling Nikki, also a great ring announcer herself, so. No surprise yeah, that Dolly's turned out to be good. 
I talked about how the fans in Colorado seemed to be into everything. They were a great, great crowd. You've gone to places like southern Indiana and Tennessee and places like that where the fans are known to sometimes get overly involved in it and become fairly aggressive. Have you ever had an encounter with a fan that was less than pleasant? Um, I can't say I have, honestly. I've seen it happen with Larry D, but I've never had it happen to me yet. I will ask Larry D that story the next time he comes out here. <laughs> so uh, he he was talking his crap or being a heel, you know, and the fan just jumped up and he was just like, "You better sit down before I knock you down." And I, obviously, I, I did. So it was funny. Now everybody. And wrestling always has that first moment when a fan will come up to them and ask for an autograph or a picture. Do you remember that very first time that a fan approached you and wanted to get an autograph and a picture from you? Yeah, I was in uh, Scottsburg at a Denny's, just minding my own business, eating my pancakes, and they they just kept staring at me. And they finally came over, and I was like, you're not Chet Revelay, we need a picture. So I was like, all right, sure. Stop eating my pancakes and took a picture with them. Usually that happens to the guys that have been on TV for quite a while. So that's pretty impressive. That was your first time in a Denny's. Yeah. I've never even wrestled around Scottsburg, so I don't even know how they knew me, but it is what it is. Fans like to travel. Yeah. Now, you have the skull that we talked about earlier. Cooter came on here, and Cooter, of course, known to be managed by a chicken. Does skull and chicken get along very well? Oh, no, my mom hates that little rubber chicken. Watch your heat with chicken. <laughs> have you ever been hit with one of those rubber chickens? I live with chicken, Bob, yeah. <laughs> well, that rubber chicken, I'd really take a light tube than that rubber chicken. Oh, wow. Well, so you got the heat to a chicken, George. Yeah. Wow, okay, yeah. Yeah, when chicken Bob retired, he moved in with me. He's traveled the country with me. So I guess maybe you and I will be on opposite ends of the ring at some point sometime, maybe then. Well, okay. (laughs) One of the more important parts for a lot of wrestlers in this business is merchandise. I know a lot of wrestlers that make the most money in the business through merchandise and their actual wrestling is just a way for them to sell merchandise, basically. Do you have very much merchandise for yourself right now? I got three styles of shirts. I got wristbands, uh, koozies. I'm, I'm in the process of making hats. And when you sell a shirt to a fan and that fan's walking around and he's got a Chet Ripley shirt... What's going through your mind when you see that? Is that kind of a source of pride, or are you counting how many dollars go into your pocket? What's the mindset? Well, I, you know, I see that, and I, I love it. Like that, That's why I do it. And we mentioned that, of course, you have the Emerge show coming up, and Emerge – just now getting back on track in their home base at Columbus, Indiana. They moved into the old HPW arena where you can see a dent in the cement floor. Uh, they ran a couple of shows there. Since the return of Emerge to Columbus, what's the crowd been like? Have you seen a lot of 
familiar faces in the crowd? Does it seem like there's new people coming out to support it? Maybe a mix of the two? It's a mix of two, definitely. It's a, definitely a hot crowd, too. They they missed it. They definitely love their pro wrestling in Columbus, Indiana, for sure. Yeah. Now, as we know, if a promoter can put a ring someplace, they will run a show. We've seen wrestling in all types of strange areas, barns, fields, parking lots, all type of places. What's been the strangest place where you've ever ran a show? A baseball field that had an exotic zoo set up with it. The exotic zoo is on the baseball field? Yes. How do I get booked there? I've got to see that. (laughs) It was a supreme wrestling. I will call Aaron Draven after this. Okay. (laughs) Now, were there actually animals on the field where the ring was? I took a snake to the ring with me. (laughs) I'm familiar with the snake, yeah. Yep, that's where that came from. Now, do you ever have problems traveling with a snake? Because I know sometimes they can be problematic if you have to oh, go very far with them. I've no that that was part of the exotic zoo that was there. So I don't know. I I don't travel with a snake. Have you ever considered traveling with a snake? I have, but I I don't know. It seems like a lot of work on the road. I would think so. Sure. All right. Well, I believe Coach has a fan question for you, so I will throw it over to Coach so we can get our fan question. All right. All right. So, so Chet, this this is a question from one of our longtime callers and fans. His name's Kurt Ferris, and they're usually off-the-wall questions. But this is pertaining to Ripley's Believe It or Not. He wants to know, do you believe it or not? <laughs> oh, I definitely believe it. I figured you did. All right, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So I'm sure some right. guys have got a few more questions. Oh, you, of course, are mainly a singles competitor but I'm sure you've had tag matches in your day. What are your opinions on tag team wrestling? Is it something that you enjoy, or is it something that you do it begrudgingly when you have to do it? Uh, so when I, when I was growing up, I had the Monday Night World Wars going on. So if there was a tag team match in one of them, I'd switch over. So I'm not a pain attacking wrestling. I'll do them if I have to, but it's not my first choice. If you could pick anybody out there that's active, who would be your dream tag team partner? Ooh. A dream tag team partner. Uh, hmm. I'm on from OVW. Oh, very nice. I just think we would mesh very well together. Now, pro wrestling, as we both know, is a sport that has a very long history in television. And in the era that we're in, because of technology, people are able to broadcast their shows whether it's a live stream or up on one of the streaming services or even traditional television. Independent companies are being seen all over the place now because of that. When a show is being broadcast in any manner, do you have to change what you do at all to fit being on television, or does it all stay the same for you? Uh, you sell more to the camera when you're being on TV than you would the actual crowd. 
But pretty much everything else the same except for that? Yep. Okay. Well, we got probably the biggest news story that has ever come out of professional wrestling a few hours ago. This man tweeted out that it was time for him to retire. Uh, that story just breaking in the last couple of hours, so it looks like Vince McMahon, at least for now, retiring to some degree. What's your thoughts on the announcement and on Vince McMahon's legacy in the wrestling industry? Well, his, leg- his uh, legacy is WWE. <laughs> that should speak for itself. But uh, I think it will be better moving forward. You have more people controlling it, and not just one person that lives in a bubble. Fair enough. Well, we have just a few minutes in the show left. I want to make sure there's time for you to say anything and plug anything you would like. So go ahead and say anything to the fans, plug and promote all you have, social medias, merchandise, upcoming shows, your favorite Pancake spot, anything you'd like. Yeah, I just the biggest show I got coming up right now is August sixth at Emerge, Columbus, Indiana. I can put a picture of my uh, shirts online on Facebook if you interested in that. Just message me, and then all my social medias are Chet Ripley, two P's, not one P. About it. Well, Unbreakable Chet Ripley, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. I'm sure we will do this again. Hopefully our paths will cross at some point, sometime, even though you got the heats with Chicken Bob. And please give my best to all the boys. All right, I can do that. And don't forget to ask Cooter about that story. Uh, yeah, I will. All right. Fans, if you've not seen Chet Ripley... Remedy that situation. There's a lot up there on the YouTubes. If he's on a show near you, go check him out. Very, very, very IWTV, hard work. IWTV. Very well trained, so you will enjoy him for sure. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Coach, I'm sure you got some things to plug, promote. Yes, definitely. You can check out the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast tomorrow. We got... We'll be interviewing DeFola DeBasi on there, um, doing the Cincinnati Reds and Seattle Mariners organizational reports. We also got some other special guests supposed to call in. Myself and Sunny Days will be doing the interview, along with I got Twitter's own The Vegas Judge debuting on my show tomorrow. They'll be helping me with the baseball report. And you can check me out at The Coach with the Most. Also, Coach Mike Jones on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army in the NGW Green Room. And then my Seattle Mariners organizational reports on YouTube. And then my next podcast is tomorrow at noon. If you need a, a car in the Northwest, check out SNS Best Auto Sales and tell them Coach Mike Jones and Wild Lyle sent you. And if you need a tow in the Northwest, check out Big Boys Towing and tell them the coach of the most sent you. Coach, are you going to ask the boss Jabu his new coffee venture? Of course. I'm going to say Sign Guy wants to know what his favorite coffee is. Okay. Well, you know, the boss he has his new line of coffee out. He went into the coffee business. Yeah, I know. He's got three different brands that you you went down there and t- taste tested all of them for the, for all the fans, and I'm about to do that myself here soon. I really enjoyed the Yim and Gold. They were all good. I think I mostly enjoyed the Yim and Gold, but we tried the Pacific Northwest Championship Blend at Northwest Pro the other day. Everybody loved it, including Wally Lipschitz. And then Randy Randy Zellers. Yes, he sure did. And he got his new Turnbuckle Turmoil shirt sponsored by the NGW Green Room. Yes, he did. 
It was a big day for him. He also won by count out. And then J.B. Moonshine got his shirt also. Uh, he did? I thought I gave him one for you. I haven't seen J.B. since then. Oh, he wasn't there. Okay. Yeah, he was not at Northwest Pro this time. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sure I thought you like. Then he snuck into my house and grabbed it while I was in Betty by or something. You had me scared there for no. a second. No, and then of course you got the sign of the times episode five forty coming up this weekend. Indeed so a big big five forty coming up and Chicken Bob and I'll be on the road headed to Wrestle Club. We haven't been to Wrestle Club in several months. We're excited to be back. Two big shows, coach. Two big shows. Yeah. Yes, that's sweet, and it was an honor to have you and Laren on the NGW Green Room and to be part of episode 539 of Sign of the Times last week. Indeed. So, you know, that room wasn't even green. But it is an actual green room, even though the white the walls were white. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> threw me a little bit, but we got through it. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Lauren, what a big show. We had an appearance by Cousin Cooter. How great was that? Always a blessing. Absolutely. You know, Cousin Cooter once drove Mrs. Guy to the hospital. He beat the ambulance by like 20 minutes. Wow, that is impressive. It really was. All, All right, right, what else can... we got coming up? Well, you can follow me on the Twitter, at SignGuyHPW, on the Book of Faces, the Gram. You can follow Chicken Bob on all his social medias, but not literally because that's creepy. Sunday, we have Rachel Armstrong coming on the show, fantastic young competitor out of Indianapolis, wrestling all over that state. She's doing very, very well. I think you'll be impressed with her, so make sure you join us for that, and we will talk to you soon.